Hello and welcome to this week's Back to Earth podcast with me, Chris Brookman. This is a show for building professionals and self-builders all about the use of sustainable building materials. This week we have three or maybe four main areas of, uh, of questions. Um, we've had a, quite a few inquiries about roof insulation this week. We have a load of inquiries about a, a floor construction without using concrete. We've got inquiries about fixing uh, fix, uh, fixtures and fittings to walls after they've been insulated. And then we've got a load of questions about render and the, what they can be applied to, how you care for them, how long it takes to dry and, and how you clean them. So starting with the roof structure, this is quite an interesting one actually, this one. This is uh, an outdoor farm building that's basically being converted into a hot tub and sauna room, which is not one that I've covered before. Uh, perfectly possible using wood fibre, actually really, really good because wood fibre is really good with moisture. But the absolutely critical thing, because you've got uh, a sauna inside, which is obviously very, very warm and moist, it's absolutely critical to get your vapour control layer installed absolutely perfectly to make sure you don't get moisture leaking through from the interior of the building and obviously uh, escaping out into the, in, into, into the insulation during the winter. That obviously would be a problem. So absolutely critical on the vapour control layer. The rest of the installation for a roof structure using wood fibre, very simply wood fibre, flexible wood fibre between the rafters. In this particular case we've got 150mm between the rafters, 100mm on top of the rafters in, term, in the form of a uh, wood fibre board, the UD top board and then it would be counterbattened, battened and, and slated. Uh, really, really good from a thermal mass point of view and an acoustic point of view, so it's going to be very quiet in there. But um, yeah, as I say, really important on the, on the vapor control side to get that right. And the other project that we've been looking at particularly was a flat roof construction. Now, flat roofs, generally people assume, wrongly unfortunately, that uh, the wood fibre can't be used in an unvented flat roof situation but actually it can and it, it's actually really really useful in that scenario um, because it takes uh, or it, rather it can be used in between your joists which normally wouldn't be used by uh, that area wouldn't be used by insulation so a normal build-up would be starting on the inside you'd have your, your plasterboard finish the the critical component to the whole thing is a variable vapor control layer now there's lots on the market we supply one called Udi Steam 10 Plus which is uh, one from Unger Diffitherm but equally there's Proclima and there's there's a whole load of different ones on the market they all do a pretty similar job but they are absolutely vital to the functioning of that flat roof so essentially in the winter months the uh, the membrane stays very vapor tight and prevents most of the moisture from leaking up into the roof uh, but obviously over over a period of time you do get small amounts um, actually condensing in the roof structure and, and in the insulation and that's fine so long as it keeps within a, a certain level the wood fiber is really easily able to cope with uh, small amounts of moisture and then generally in the summer the roof structure heats up and all of that moisture is actually driven towards the interior now the vapor control layer because it's variable what it allows you to do is, is the membrane opens up and allows that moisture to come back into the interior of the building and allows the roof to dry out completely before everything cools down again and, and you go through another winter so it's absolutely critical to the to the functioning of that roof so once you've got that membrane in you have your insulation between your your joists as i said if you need to you can have a, a, a layer of sarking board on top of the joists to reduce thermal bridging then you have your ply deck and single ply membrane or, or uh, grp whichever you're using for your finish but a really really effective way to to do a flat roof 
So moving on to dry dry floor construction. So normally when you're, when you're building a solid floor, you have a, a layer of hardcore, you've got a layer of concrete, and then you put your insulation in and then, then all your floor finishes. But with all that moisture, uh, that moisture's got to go somewhere. And if you're dealing with a, a very moisture-sensitive building, like a church in this particular case, uh, the last thing you want to do is chuck a load of moisture in the bottom of it, which has then got to come out and you know through sensitive stonework normally. So with the particular system that we generally recommend, um, there is absolutely no concrete in the floor. Uh, it's very quick to install, and, uh, and as I say, it's dry. So as soon as you've got everything in place, you can turn the heating on, you can finish the floor, and you're done. Now, the floor normally starts with a layer of uh, what's called foam glass, and there's, there's lots of different products on the market. There's one called Technopore, there's Glypore, there's lots of different pores. <laughs> they're all essentially uh, foamed recycled glass and then broken up into an aggregate, so they're normally either a 25 mil uh, or a 50 mil aggregate. Uh, that's poured straight down onto, it can be poured onto a membrane, onto a, a damp membrane or just a geotextile, whichever, but it's basically put straight onto the ground and, and then you use a plate compactor to, to compact it in. It's actually quite difficult to get completely level, so on top of that we normally recommend a geotextile and then with a layer of uh, either very very coarse sand or something like 10 mil stone chippings over the top of that geotextile so that you can screed that layer completely flat and then you've got a, a dead flat surface to uh, to come up, off of. So once that's in place you put a 22 mil wood fiber layer over the top so we, we normally recommend the UDI top board it's a 280 kPa board so it's a really strong very high density board um, and once that's in place, then our 45mm lithotherm tiles go over the top. Now, they're basically a screed replacement, a very high density um, tile that interlocks, uh, so it's got a tongue and groove profile on it, and it allows you to, to lay a, a dry, very high density layer with grooves in it to take pipes. So once all the tiles are in, you can lay your pipes, you use a bit of dry mix screed around the ends of the pipes, uh, and then you have a, a finished surface that you can tile onto or you can put your um, your uh, floorboards onto. And, and that's basically what we're doing in this project. This project's for a, a church in southwest London. And, uh, and, and that way they're not going to uh, add any moisture to the building. They can quickly get that floor in. And as soon as it's down, they've got a, a very high compressive strength floor uh, that they can actually use scissor jacks and all sorts on. Moving on to how to fit fixtures and fittings to insulated surfaces. Um, one particular question that we've had has been about how you fit reasonably heavy radiators to internal wall insulation once it's been installed. So there are lots of ways. I mean, you can install timber battens into the wall before you put your wood fiber boards on, but to be fair, that's a bit of a faff. Um, generally, the best way to do, to do it is to forget about where the radiator is actually going to go, put all your insulation in, and then we do a, a fixing from Fisher called Thermax, which is basically a, a massive screw and a massive raw plug that, that uh, is drilled into the wall. The screw screws into the raw plug, and then on the end of it is a big thermally broken plastic head, so that decouples anything that you fix into that head from the main shaft of the fixing. So you finish that, that plastic head flush with the surface of the wall, 
and then you can screw your radiator uh, bracket into those into those points. Um, really, really simple, and, and they come from anything uh, between 80 up to about 200 mil long. So, irrespective of whatever depth of insulation you're using, there's there's normally a, a, a fixing for it. And then the final area that we've been working on this week is is renders, and as it's getting towards the end of the year, um, people are becoming very conscious of drying times, and also. Um, uh, you know what the weather's like with regard to whether finishes are going to dry or not. Um, our main sort of topic of conversation has been how what's the setting time of renders. So for most of the Baumit renders, certainly the external ones, they will typically set overnight, but you do need to leave it at least a millimeter a day to cure before you put any finishes on it. So if you're using the MP69, you want to be leaving 16, 18 days really to to let it cure before you put your finish on, and when you're using things like MC55 onto either render boards or whatever, uh, then again, you want to leave it for the best part of a week to, to cure. With regard to the finishes, though, Baumit do do an accelerator for their silicon finishes. So if you are using any of the Baumit silicon top products and it is getting on to autumn, then the, the speed top is a 250ml bottle of additive that you add to each tub and it will guarantee that it will set in about six to eight hours. So should you be using anything at this time of year and it's cold and damp, then that's a, a great way to uh, to make sure that you can get it on the wall and, and get it set. And the final question regarding the renders really has been about uh, what do you do with renders that have got discolored. Um, we've got one particular project where a gutter had broken, got a load of water running down the wall regularly and, and basically bringing all the, all the muck out of the gutter with it. Um, the best thing to do really is to give it a gentle pressure wash. So you can gently pressure wash silicon renders as long as you keep about a foot away from the wall or so with the, um, uh, with the head of the pressure washer. Then there are various uh, render cleaners on the market. Baumit do one, but equally plenty of other manufacturers do, um, which uh, they're largely just strong soaps. So, um, and if that doesn't work, Normally, the best thing, if you if it's just spot um, discoloration, you can actually just get a tub of the original render, stir it up, get a paintbrush and dab the the paintbrush into it, and actually sort of stipple it into the surface of the uh, of the render, and that will obviously uh, cover up uh, any any stains. Um, where you don't have any render left over, then the next best thing is to use the silicon paint that goes over the top. So. That concludes this week's show. If you have any further questions about sustainable building materials, please feel free to email me at chris at backtoearth.co.uk or alternatively give me a ring on 01392 861 763. Check out our next show this time next week. Thanks for listening.